Hi, and welcome to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message, where we study scripture together verse by verse. Let's jump in now for this week's message. Love him with the totality of who you are, with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. It is parallel to Romans 12 that we've been in, where Paul tells us, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Give your body as a sacrifice. Give the totality of who you are. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice to God. We love God, watch this. We love God with the totality of our being. Therefore, because we love him, we sacrifice the totality of our being. This sacrifice is not us responding out of duty or obligation, but out of love for God. Do you have to give your life to him? No, you can be a selfish person. (laughs) Or you can love him because of all the mercies that he's given you in your life and you can surrender the totality of who you are. God has demonstrated his love toward us by giving us his mercies, plural. He paid the penalty for our sins. We just sang about this. One of the mercies, the fantastic mercies that God has given you is that he paid the penalty for your sins. And then he gives, just to stay consistent in our text, he gives each of us undeserved gifts to use in the church, the family of God. We use these gifts as our demonstration of love toward others. You see, even one of God's mercies to you is that God equips you to really love others. Because without his mercy at work in our hearts and our lives, you will not really love others. And then he comes to the second command, which he says is equally important. As important as loving God? I don't make this up. Jesus is who wrote it. We either believe it or not, okay? Well, I don't think that that's accurate. You don't get an opinion in this. (laughs) Jesus said it. Take it or leave it. You don't get to change it. So the second commandment, and equally important, is love your neighbor as yourself. Because of God's merciful demonstration of love toward you, Here's the foundation. Because of God's merciful demonstration of love to you, you're gonna, this is going to be familiar for all of those that had 1 Corinthians chapter 13 read at their weddings. Because of God's merciful demonstration of love to you, in view of his mercies, we love with patience. Why are we patient with one another in the body of Christ? Because God was patient with us. We love with kindness. We are not jealous or rude to those we love. I, don't, I feel like I'm going way too fast. <laughs> we love with patience. For all of you getting impatient with me for going too slow. <laughs> Please hurry up, Brett. We have burritos to eat. I'm with you, man. I come in this morning and I smell bacon. I'm like, this is the most welcoming church ever. (laughs) This is glorious. We should do this every Sunday. Because of God's mercy in our lives, we love with patience. We love with kindness. 
But Brent, they don't deserve kindness, neither do you. We love with kindness. We're not jealous or rude to those we love. The problem with theology is sometimes it gets very practical. And the practical is built upon this huge theology of who God is in us. Why are we not rude to those we love? Because God is a God of mercy and he sent his son to die for your sorry sins. So we're not rude to others. We're not demanding or irritable to those we love. We do not, we do not love keeping track of rights and wrongs. I feel like I just weaponized a bunch of people. And then finally, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love never gives up. That's hard. That's a, it's a really high standard. It's a, I'm gonna be honest with you, that's a standard beyond my heart. Loving like that only comes as a result of God's merciful love in your own life. That's important. That's the foundation. The New Living, uh, pardon me, the New American Standard translation, it says, let love be without hypocrisy. In other words, don't be a recipient of God's love through God's mercy and then fail to love others because you refuse to show mercy to them. God shows mercy to you, you love him. So show mercy to others, don't be a hypocrite. While you were a sinner, God loved you. That's what the Bible, that's what Romans tells us. While you were a sinner, God loved you and sent his son to die for the forgiveness of your sins. Likewise, give the totality of your being as a sacrifice to God to be holy and honorable to him and mercifully, kindly love others. Really love them. Don't just say you love them. I love those people at church just as long as they don't park in my spot. I love those people at church as long as they don't drink the last cup of coffee. I love those people at church as long as they don't sing too loud next to me. She doesn't sing that great. I still stand on make a joyful noise. As I get older, I'm fulfilling that more. Yeah, my voice isn't what it used to be. So, so by grace, God has given you, by God's grace, nothing that you did to deserve it, God has given you a gift to use in the body of Christ. You don't have to have a, have a government job to be American, right? You gotta think for a second, wait, what now? You don't have to have a government job to be an American. That makes perfect sense. Likewise, you do not have to have a church name tag and title to really love others. I feel like often in church, we're waiting for, for someone to give us permission to be kind. Well, consider this your day. Please be kind. I'm, I'm setting you free to love one another in the body of Christ. You don't have to be hateful anymore. <laughs> so by faith, through grace, we really love others. Are you with me? It doesn't matter, I'm gonna continue. Paul told the church at Corinth, kind of defending his character here in 2 Corinthians 6.6. 6. This is important. I'm sorry I'm so dry this morning. I'm talking about my mouth, not my preaching. 
We prove, verse six says, we prove ourselves. We prove ourselves. It's this honest evaluation. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit, where? Within us. Where's the Holy Spirit? In us. And by our sincere love. We prove ourselves, I'm gonna fast forward, by the Holy Spirit within us, by our sincere love. Church, we prove ourselves, the evidence of the Holy Spirit in you is demonstrated by your sincere love. We don't get to say that we are transformed by God and continue to dislike people or to love selfishly. Are you okay? The offering boxes are locked. You cannot get your money back. There's no refunds. We prove ourselves by the sincere love that comes out of us. You can't say, I have come to Christ. I am a follower of Christ. I just hate people. No, they don't go together. You love people. If you've come to Christ and the Holy Spirit is present in your life, you will love people. But Brent, I don't. Red flag, red flag, red flag. First Timothy 1.5, Paul tells Timothy, the purpose of my instruction is so that I can make church people be perfect and look down on those that are not perfect. <laughs> oh, that's kind of how we live, right? I went to Desert Heights today and I learned about the law of love and I love better than all of you. Y'all are idiots. I think you missed the sermon. The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and I love this, a genuine faith, not a fake faith, not a fake faith which I think Romans is absolutely dealing with. God's will for you as a believer is that you be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. Faith in what? God. Faith in God, that what he says is true. Are you with me? I trust that if I love people, whatever God does with that is up to him. Church, we are not here to pretend to love others, but to really, genuinely love people. You okay? Everybody still got a pulse? So there's a pattern here. I like this pattern. Some of you have seen this uh, illustration before, but this, this pattern fits into an illustration that I've used in Illuminate. So here's the pattern. If we are going to really love others, if we're going to really love others, we have to take care of the Christ in me issue first. If you don't have Christ in you, then forget about loving by mercy and grace because you don't understand mercy and grace. You have to have Christ in you first. Without Christ as the center of your thinking, 
not, a, not an accessory to your thinking. As the center of your thinking and your living, you will never really love people. Keep in mind that in this first relationship, because we're gonna talk about other relationships, Jesus offers mercy to you first. In this relationship you have with Christ, you come to the relationship with a negative contribution. A negative contribution. You brought to this relationship your sin and your offense to a holy God. You were a horrible person. Jesus brings payment for your sin and forgiveness for your offense. You brought a negative. Jesus came and redeemed it all. It is because of Jesus's miraculous, supernatural love for you that you can really love. Because before Jesus, you are living in the negative space of sin. This is important. Because later on, as we talk about other relationships, we're gonna say things like, well, what do they bring to the relationship? Do you see where I'm going? Some of you are, some of you are like, yeah, go Brent. The rest of you are like, I don't understand what we're doing. <laughs> Here we go. All right, so the first is we have to take care of, of uh, Jesus in us first. Well, Brent, do mothers really love their kids? Mm. I anticipated I could read somebody's mind. I'm not gonna tell you whose it was, but I could see it. There's a little thought bubble over their head. Well, mothers love their, their kids. I'm gonna propose that even mothers love in a very selfish, humanistic way their children. Now I'm gonna get fired. Without Christ, you won't understand merciful, self-sacrificing love. Oh, mothers, we self-sacrifice, we sacrifice. It's Father's Day, fathers give up a lot. We give up a lot. Loving from the mercies of God, focus with me. Loving from the mercies of God is a whole new dimension of love. Trust me. Second, this is the foundation for real love in marriage. This is the foundation for real love in marriage. Are you saying we can't really love without Christ? I'm saying you can have a very um, surface love in marriage, but whenever you have Christ, this changes everything. It's easy in marriage to begin to think, I'm not receiving what I want. I do not feel loved. It's a very common theme in our culture. I don't feel loved. I'm not getting what I want. We, pardon me, be transformed in your thinking. Because we come to marriage with this expectation that this person's gonna make me happy. And then he wears his underwear and scratches his belly. Not happy. She burns the bacon. <laughs> I'm not happy anymore. She doesn't, I'm disappointed. Be transformed in your thinking. Marriage is this little microcosm where you can practice unashamedly with all abandon, really loving your spouse. Some of you just got terrified. Brent, if I expose, if I'm transparent to my spouse, they may not love me. 
No, no, no. In the bonds of marriage, because you've made a covenant with God, this is where you can just give all of yourself to your spouse and love them with all that you are. It's beautiful. God did that. You can, second only to Christ, marriage is the safest place to really love. That's true. Even if your marriage is bad and it's not very safe, marriage is still, the, the, next to Christ, it is the safest place for you to love. Marriage is the place we get to test the theory, the theology, that if I give all of myself to this person, will I be left empty? Because that's what the world would say, right? If you give all of yourself to that person, then there's nothing left for you. Here is the magic of mercy. If you are married to a believer, young people, listen to what I am saying. If you're not married, then you need to be looking for a believer because there's beauty in two believers being married. There's merciful magic in a, in a believing marriage that is not existent in a non-believing marriage. So here's the magic of mercy. If you're married to a believer who is practicing merciful love, you'll find that in marriage, you can give all you've got. You can give everything you are only to find that you are more full than you were before. That's true. That's the beauty of really loving. And then you have children, family. Now the risk of sacrificially really loving is greater here. With children and family, you're giving all you are to people who may not give anything back. For 18 years, 20 years, maybe ever. You may give the best you have, you may love them mercifully, and you may never receive anything back, but you do, you love them anyways, not because they deserve it. Part of one of the grand lessons of becoming a father is that you have this little bundle of joy that messes up their diapers, cries, eats your food, takes your wife's attention away from you. Do they deserve love? No, but some, for some weird reason, no, they don't deserve love. I know, you're like, well, how can you say that, Brent? Do the math. They're negative space. No way, man. But you do. <laughs> I've enjoyed pastoring here at Desert Heights for the last 19 years. Uh, yeah, let's be honest. An honest evaluation of ourselves. We love them not because they deserve it, but because of the love of God that God has put inside of you, you love them. Do you see where I'm going with this? Now watch this. You come to church. Uh-oh, don't look around, eyes forward. You come to church and the risk increases again as we get away from Christ. The risk of loving increases. There are people you don't know very well here at church who have faith backgrounds that's different than yours or maybe just cultural backgrounds, but they do share your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The only common ground is that we share our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, because they love Jesus Christ and because God has put his Holy Spirit in you, you just love them. Fellow, this is why I love coming to church. This is not a duty for me. I get to see people that I'm gonna go to heaven with. 
I like you guys. And I hope that you like each other. Because God loves us, dramatically loves every one of us, and he's equipped us to love one another. You give yourself to those that are in the body of Christ. You use your gift sacrificially to love and to bless people of faith with no expectation of return. Well, Brent, that doesn't make any sense. I would love somebody and not expect for them to reciprocate. That is God's love. It's called mercy. You didn't deserve it, and the people you love probably don't deserve it. Don't sweat it. Well, but Brent, I've been hurt by church people. Oh, this is a good place to take a little sip of water. Brent, I've been hurt by church people, by pastors, right? <laughs> by you, Brent. <laughs> I've been hurt by church people. So has Jesus. In fact, you offended him with your sin. So get over your silly self. Love never gives up. So we should just come to church and love people even if they, I get them a cup of coffee and they never offer to get me a cup of coffee? Yes. Yes. We love them even if they don't reciprocate. Get over yourself. Finally, then one day you find yourself in a public place high risk, right? Out there in the world where people don't know Jesus, let's really press this illustration. You were at Walmart. Hmm, Lord, give us mercy. You go to Walmart and you notice that instead of just being frustrated with these people who do not share your view of all of God's mercies. I didn't say it to be funny, but it's kind of funny. People that do not have a perspective that there is a God who loves them regardless of their sinfulness. You go and you find, you know what? I genuinely care about these people. You're genuinely concerned for their physical, emotional, and since they're at Walmart, financial and spiritual well-being. You really love them. And you really want them to know Jesus and to share in your faith. If you've been around church for very long, you probably remember a time where the church was a little bit Christians, air quote Christians, was antagonistic to people who did not share their faith. It's like, I'm not gonna walk down the aisle with this heathen. Can't stand to be around them. I think we missed it. I think we missed it really bad. In fact, I'm, I know we missed it. I hope that you see in this that at the center, Jesus has all the mercy. At the center of this, Jesus has all the love. As we move outward, these relationships require more mercy. Mercy that comes only from Jesus. That is why I began with my statement, really loving others does not happen apart from God. Now, 1 Peter uh, puts this spiritual prog progression together, and I love it. For, in 2 Peter, pardon me, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, he says, in view of all this, after he's just described this magnificent salvation, he says, in view of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises, God's promises of mercy. Supplement your faith. 
Just simple, I believe that God is God and he has redeemed me. Supplement your faith with a generous portion of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance. Oh, this is where it starts getting rough, huh? And patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection, loving people in the body of Christ and brotherly affection with what? Love for Everyone, everyone, but Brent, there's ugly people out there. Ugly people. People who act nasty. And Paul says, Peter says we should love them. Church, it's spiritual maturity is a process and we do not arrive until we have love for everyone. And I'll be the first to admit I haven't arrived yet. <laughs> Until we really love others, not just pretend that we love them. We have not arrived. Sometimes I'm amused with church people that are like, I've been in church for 40, how many every year? I already got this all whipped. I know what it says. Well, when are you going to start living it? Because you obviously don't love everyone. Amen. We have treated church discord as a punchline to church jokes. We act as though Jesus' command to love one another is merely a suggestion that we have the option to obey or ignore. Or that we need to pretend to love each other when we come to church. Or we pretend that we love each other when we see each other in public church. We need to stop pretending. We need to honestly evaluate ourselves turn our faith toward Jesus to fill us with his presence, with his love, so that we can really love others. Well, you say, Brant, well, if I stop pretending, then, then people will see that I actually really don't like them. Maybe it's more important that you see where your heart really is. Don't worry about what other people see in you. You need to worry about what's between you and Christ Jesus, because until you take care of that circle first, no other relationship matters at all. You'll never show mercy and grace and real love to your spouse if you don't care of Christ in you. You'll never show mercy and grace and real love to your children until you take care of Christ in you. You'll never love your church until you take care of Christ in you. You'll never love your com community. You will never, people ask me about evangelism on a regular basis. What are we doing to reach the lost? I'll tell you what we're doing. We're really loving them. That's what you're doing. We need to organize it and make it a program. No, God has an organization. It's called the church. And he puts his Holy Spirit in them. And he causes them to love people who are unlovable. That's what God did. So we evaluate ourselves. We turn our faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. We say, fill us with your presence, Lord so that we can really love others. I'm gonna ask the prayer team to come to the front, all of you to stand with me. We're gonna close in prayer. If you're a guest with us, we'd love for you to fill out the card, take it to the, to the reception center or to the information desk back there. They'll give you a card. I'm gonna pray as I close in prayer. If you want someone to pray with you, please come to the front. Um, I'm gonna pray for Matt and Lisa that are going to, to youth camp this week. Lord knows they need the prayers. I want you to know I am so happy to see you guys every time I see you. I'm working on really loving every single one of you. I haven't arrived yet. But by God's mercy, 
we'll love each other, right? Let's bow our heads together. Father, I thank you, Lord, that, that what we brought to this relationship was horrible. Thank you that you could extend your mercy to us while we were still sinners. Thank you that you could redeem us to be lovable in your kingdom. Lord, I pray that as we, as we are in relationships with our spouses, our children, with our church family, with our, our community and employees and employers and all the people that we live with, Lord, help us to see through the eyes of your mercy other people. Help us to love them with your mercy. Help us to sacrifice ourselves so much that we can love with the love of Christ Jesus and not with the expectation of some reciprocation from other people, but that we just, we love out of the overflow of your love in our hearts. We have more love than we could ever give. Lord, teach us to share it appropriately. Teach us to really love other people because then you will be glorified. Christ will be lifted up. You will draw all men unto you and Lord, you will be exalted. That's what we want. We want to give you glory so that the rest of the world will know you and give you glory as well. Father, we love you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message. We would like to invite you to one of our service times at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings here in Farmington, New Mexico. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at desertheightschurch.com.